his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. John Hancock is hanging out with me for the morning and into the afternoon now. I'm Chris Ranji. Amy's back tomorrow. So um, we've had ourselves a nice little fun day. We started by talking um, about the Supreme Court situation in which the special counsel Jack Smith in the election interference case with former President Donald Trump has gone straight to SCOTUS in order to get a ruling on whether or not the former president is um, immune from prosecution because he was the president at the time some of these infractions occurred. We did talk to Greg Storr, who covers the Supreme Court for Bloomberg News about it. It's pretty unusual, although it's happened more frequently in recent years. Uh, this is a process known as cert before judgment, and that sounds really uh, lawyerly, lawyerly, but really what it means is just bypassing the federal appeals court, going straight from a federal district court to the Supreme Court, because a case is so important, needs to be decided so urgently. The Supreme Court has been more willing in the last few years to do that sort of thing. And one of the questions we asked him is, is it a good thing or would this be a good thing for the Supreme Court to get a ruling on this quickly? First of all, it's an issue that, that everyone, I think, agrees the Supreme Court ultimately will have to decide whether Donald Trump is, is totally immune from actions he took as president uh, when it comes to criminal liability. And, you know, we have a presidential campaign going on. Uh, th- there's a pretty strong argument, although Jack Smith you know, didn't make this argument because he, he doesn't want to be making these political arguments. But there's a pretty strong argument that one way or another, Uh, It will serve the public to know the answer to that question before we get to the point where Donald Trump is the Republican nominee and before we get to the point where people are deciding whether or not to vote for him for president. So we should have some resolution fairly soon on this. The Supreme Court has told Trump's team that December 20th is the deadline to respond. The date of the trial is supposed to be March 4th. Guess we'll see what happens here, but... um, the feeling and from what you have said, John, and from everything you have read as well, that it looks like it will probably be determined that he's not immune. I think that's right. It it would be, uh, of course, if they, if the court rules the other way and say that he does have presidential immunity, then it essentially vaporizes Jack Smith's Washington, D.C. case and potentially the case in Georgia uh, over the election interference. It would not have an effect on the on the documents case down in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, this will be very fascinating to watch and not exactly sure what direction it's going to go here. Um, 
Yeah, we talked about some of the polling as well, as it sits right now for current President Biden, who is not doing well in the polls that have been coming out, whether it's a favorability rating or just how he's doing in comparison with former President Trump. This I'm wondering, and as we discussed earlier, if it really matters now, because we we do polling constantly, we follow polling all year. It's December 11th or December 12th right now. The election's not till next November. I wonder if if maybe we pay too close attention to this. Well, I, I certainly pay close attention to it because that's what I do it's for a job. living. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's they're not meaning less, these early polls. They, they tell you in a snapshot where things are right now. And you do need to take a multiple number of polls into account. Any one poll has a 5% chance of just being wrong, like right. just way wrong. So, But when you begin to see three, four, five, six, seven polls that are pretty consistent, and, and these have been, and there are that number, uh, Joe Biden's in real trouble here. And... Uh, now, can can the can the ship the ship correct itself? And yes, but as we sit here right now, what Biden's doing isn't isn't working. For somebody who does polling, I have a general question to ask you because people say, "Ah, oh, the polls are stupid. They don't. They're not very good. They don't know what they're talking about." How good? And and you know, we saw it in, in 2016 because the polling did not suggest Trump was going to win. And then everybody really jumped all over political polling, saying, mm-hmm. see, told you, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But it kind of, weren't those polls a little closer when you put the margin of error, when you factor them oh, in? Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't like they were wrong. No, that's right. That's, a, that's exactly right, Chris. And uh, so you might have had Biden up by a point in a, in a state, and he may have lost it by a point or vice versa. So, yeah, the, the 2016 and the 2020 polls. Now, I do think that 2016 polls um, undercounted some Trump effect. Yeah, there was a so the, the party preferences were changing. And the, and the one thing about all of these polls is they all of them end up being weighted, W-E-I-G-H-T-E-D, weighted. Uh, to account for demographics and stuff that we already know to make sure that we're really giving a snapshot of likely voters in that case. And some of the weighting that was done in 2016 was just off by a lot of pollsters because they hadn't seen a phenomenon quite like Donald Trump before. And the, the makeup of the people who voted for Donald Trump doesn't look like the makeup of the people that voted for Mitt Romney or John McCain, or George W. Bush. And and so the fundamental dynamic of American politics has shifted, and they missed that in 2016. By 2020, uh, they had it about right. What about the idea that I never really understood this because I'm not sure why you would hold back on this if a, if a poll is anonymous, if you're, if you're asked your response knowing that it's yeah, that information is not going to get out there. Why would people, because you hear this a lot, why would they say um, people who are voting for Trump won't admit it to pollsters for whatever reason? For I, That doesn't seem that doesn't seem right to me. Well, it's, so that's the whole margin of error construct. It attempts to account for that. So it, a poll has a margin of error that is based on the number of interviews you do against the 
entire population, how representative it is of the underlying demographics of whatever group you're studying. So it's got a margin of error that accounts for people that will lie to a pollster. And it's also got a statistical significance level, and that's usually 95%, which means there's a 95% chance this poll is accurate within plus or minus three or four points, whatever it is. And so um, the, the polling takes into account that some people don't tell the well, truth. Why would they not? What's the well, downside to being honest? Well, the, yeah, that doesn't happen very often, that people lie to pollsters. Now what, now, what has happened is that fewer and fewer people are willing to answer surveys. So that makes getting a true random snap uh, snapshot of the population much more difficult because there are people who just won't talk to pollsters. And if those people tend to look alike demographically, then that's going to have an effect on the numbers at the end of the poll, which is why the pollsters weight the data so they try and account for a full representation of the electorate. Are there certain demographics that are more likely to not respond or to not participate? Uh, You know, I think, um, yes, folks that that tend to be wary of government, um, you know, or who have privacy concerns, you know, those folks tend to be uh, to the right of, of center. So, you know, you will get an undercounting of, of those folks for sure. That's really interesting to me. Um, also, John, we spoke about the Shohei Otani record yes. sports contract. It is a $700 million deal, 10-year deal. And we discussed it yesterday, but the difference is today we find out, or actually yesterday afternoon we found out after the show was over, that... The details of the deal are stunning that for the 10 years he is playing, so the contract ends 10 years after, so in, in 2033 mm-hmm. will be the final year of the deal, he's going to make $2 million per season. That's $20 million bucks out of $700 million bucks. And then starting in 2034, he'll make $68 million a year mm-hmm. until the deal is up in 2043. So it will take them 20 years to pay off the entirety of his contract. Yeah. and That's it, crazy. Well, it's great for the Dodgers because... Absolutely it is. They're going to make money on that money that they're not giving to Otani. And the money that they're going to pay Otani starting in 2034 is not going to be worth the same amount of money that it's worth today. So it's a great deal for the Dodgers. So it limits his investment opportunities. Yeah. If you were to take... If, if you're going to make $70 million next year... Right. He can invest that $70 million right away and then it... You know, everybody knows about compound interest. Yeah. So he's missing out on that. He is, and he's doing it He's doing it because he wants to win. And uh, the fans of Los Angeles are going to they're, they're gonna love this guy. Man, it's, it's such a remarkable deal. I love it. Here's another idea I like. How about being paid to hang out with your coworkers when you're not at work? tell you it's a very very smart investment when you have employees who are connected and who are engaged with each other outside of work they're going to produce better because there's something to be said when you enjoy coming to work and there's nothing better than having a friend at work and so if you can meet outside of work and do things that are unrelated to work you're going to come to work with more energy be more engaged and produce better so really it's a smart idea that is louise scott founder of eight figure firm consulting and i will tell you right now if odyssey wants to pay me a hundred dollars a month to hang out with tyler i will (laughs) well there you go tyler rosen back from his knee surgery i'd hang out with tyler for 75 dollars 
That's that's how that's how much I think it. Tyler. I would too. Yeah. I'd do it for fifty bucks. <laughs> I might do it for forty-five. You give me three hundred, I'll hang out with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I think I love this idea, and I know people won't want to pay it, right? Like they're not. The companies are going to say, "Well, why would I give that's that's money that maybe I don't have, or what am I going to get out of it?" Louis Scott's feeling is that you will get better productivity yes. out of your kind. I don't know. I, and I think he was right about this point. You can find a study for something like that that will prove whatever you think. Mm. Like the, the people who hang out together, is this really going to make your company more productive and therefore make more money? Yes, here's a here's a study that says it will. Here's one that says it won't. Here's a study that says working from home makes people more productive. Here's one that says it doesn't. So yeah. I think it's kind of confusing. Well, the, the bottom line is if people like going to their job and enjoy their job and enjoy the people they work with, they're going to do a better job. I mean, I think that's just human nature, you know, common sense. Absolutely. That is John Hancock. I'm Chris Ranji. I want to ask you about the a couple of different things here. We're going to get to as much of it as we can during the next segment, but there is a, supposed to be, we're expecting soon, the House Rules Committee to vote on an impeachment inquiry yeah. on President Biden. There was also the situation that's ongoing in Texas with the woman who was denied a, an abortion. Um, the the health of the the baby is not viable. The fetus is not viable, and her health is in jeopardy. And the Supreme Court there ruled that they can't do anything about it, and that she's not allowed to have one. So we're going to get into a much as much of that as we can. We also have a Cardinals holiday pack to give away, two pair of tickets. And we will do it. Should we do it now? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do, it, do now. it right now. Right now, baby. We're giving away tickets. It is a Cubs pack. Yeah, the Cubs. This, this is like five, five games. Cub, five Cardinals Cubs games Ooh. at Bush Stadium. Wow. And we're giving away two tickets for each. each. So it's a it's a pair, right? Um, a holiday pack. Right now we're looking for caller number 18 to 314 436 7900. That's the number they gave me. Oh, wow. They said caller 18. 18. 314 436 7900. You'll win that Cubs pack. And if you want to buy a holiday pack for yourself, great gift for somebody else. Just go to cardinals.com and get it done. John Hancock, Chris Ranji, KMOX. Hey, baby. It's, uh, it's a great, I almost said it's Friday. It's my Friday. Because I'm out tomorrow. Oh, you are out tomorrow. Not for the rest. Of the I'm day. in tomorrow. In tomorrow yes. with Amy. Yes. You and uh, Amy Marks cores tomorrow. Amy is out right now. Obviously, John Hancock, Chris Ranji. All right. So we are expecting um, at any moment, I guess, from the House Rules Committee, a vote. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. 
Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On the impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden, this is a I I am all for this evidence. And if there is evidence of some wrongdoing here, and I mean real evidence, not like uh, that kind of looks bad, but I don't really know. I mean, real hard evidence that a politician, a president, senator, congressman, whatever, has done something wrong. Like I feel about Bob Menendez, like I feel about George Santos, there is hard evidence that these two have done wrongdoing. They should be gone. I don't get the sense right now that there is that kind of hard evidence about Joe Biden and some impropriety. There are some things that look a little off, but nobody has presented some real hard evidence that he has done something absolutely wrong. That he should be impeached for. Now, if I'm proven wrong by this, and I don't mean like, don't give me these extreme right wing uh, sources that say, here's the heart. I don't want that. I want real, actual evidence. Mm-hmm. I don't want that nonsense. I want real, actual evidence that something has happened here. Does it appear to you that this is more political than anything else? Or are there some real, is there real smoke here? Well, impeachment is always political. Uh I will put it this way. If if there were if there was proof that Joe Biden was being compensated for taking official actions in office. OK, that's patently illegal. And uh, he should be removed from office if he was conducting his, himself in that manner. If that evidence actually existed, I would think that the Republican members of Congress would do move heaven and earth to make sure everybody knew it and everybody saw it. And that's not happened yet. So now I will say that the, some of the stuff, I mean, the, the hundreds and hundreds of emails back and forth with Hunter Biden where Joe Biden's using an alias. Um, looks weird. Well, and it certainly looks and, weird. You know, and I wonder why nobody in the, in the media has, has in the press corps has asked why he did that. Uh, I, if, they've, if they've asked him, I've not heard it. And if he's answered and explained himself, I've not heard it. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's fishy-looking stuff like that, and that's the kind of thing I think you were alluding to, Chris. But the actual evidence of here's a payment to Joe Biden, here's an official act of the government, uh, I've not seen that. Yeah, and the email thing is strange. It is. I know people have different email accounts. I think I did it one time where I had a just a weird burner email. I don't even know what I used it for. Um, it wasn't anything nefarious because mm-hmm. I certainly didn't make any money off it. Um, but I don't I don't know what the purpose of that would be unless he just wanted to be totally private. I don't know. It, yeah. it could be something. It could be absolutely nothing. Well, and at, at a minimum, it's the kind of thing I'd like to know. Why were you doing that with your son? You know, you're emailing yeah. your son. And that, that does look weird to but me. But here's what I want people to do. 
I want the citizens to look at all of these politicians equally, yes. and they don't. They I don't. Yeah. Like my guy did something, but that's my guy. That's my guy. Ends justify the means. That's not acceptable. You need to look at Biden and Trump and every member of Congress and the Senate and the whatever equally in this way. That if they've done something wrong, they should be punished for it to the, pro- the appropriate extent. But people don't do that. And I, I don't understand why we, why we can't look at everybody the same. Yeah, I get it. We have our teams. We have our political teams. We want our political teams to win. But I don't want them to win at the expense of being uh, being crooks. That's not good enough for me. Why is that not the standard for everybody? should be. I, I mean, it absolutely should be. And, um, you know, just as, just as our country has become more polarized, so have our institutions become more polarized. And, uh, and we're seeing some of the fruit of that coming home now. Well, this will be fun. <laughs> Isn't it always fun? It's always fun, Chris. Hey, <laughs> I I have more fun talking about it with you than I have of actually watching it. Well, <laughs> and go. Amy too. Well, yeah, there you go. If if it weren't for people like you, I could I would just be watching this stuff and feeling like what are we what is going on here? I'm losing my mind. It's going to be okay probably. Probably. Probably going to be okay. Don't you give me that probably stuff. I need I need answers, and I need you to be emphatic with those answers. It's going to be okay, probably. All right. Um, John Hancock, we've got an interview that we uh, conducted, Amy and I. Yeah. We talked to a pediatric ICU nurse at SSM Health, Cardinal Glennon. Her name is Mary Grace. And with it being the Tree of Hope campaign, treeofhope.org, it's happening right now. We thought it would be appropriate to talk with her today. So we'll bring that interview to you when we come back on KMOX. Our inaugural Give Back Trivia Night is January 5th, just a few days after the new year. Uh, it's going to be at Mula Shrine Center. Uh, and here's the deal. This is, it's for a very good cause. It will cost you 200 bucks for a table of 10 people, 20 bucks a person. And it's a great trivia night that we are looking forward to here. And a huge portion of the proceeds are going to SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, the Tree of Hope campaign, which is ongoing. And this is great. It's it's four crucial programs that help kids recovering from illnesses. So you know your money's going to a great place. If you want to reserve your table, get on it quickly. We don't know um, how quickly they're going to go. So you want to do this, kmox.com slash events. That's kmox.com slash events for the inaugural Give Back Trivia Night coming up January 5th. So would love to see you there. Also, um, because it is the Tree of Hope campaign happening now, we want you to go to treeofhope.org where you can donate. And all week long, we are talking to people here on the show who are in some way either affected by illness or have had SSM uh, health, Cardinal Glennon, be a big part of their lives in one way or another. And Amy and I had the opportunity to talk with Mary Grace, who was a pediatric ICU nurse at Cardinal Glennon, and we talked to her about what her job is and, and what it means. Tell us a little bit about what you do um, in the ICU, because it, I, I'm, I'm always uh, very impressed with nurses, generally speaking, 
just because of the nature of the work you do and how difficult and how intense it can be. So tell us a little bit about your job specifically. Okay, well, I've been at Cardinal Glennon for almost 20 years, it'll be 20 years. And in the pediatric ICU, um, I am a bedside nurse, but I'm also one of the core charge nurses. Um, and both of those roles essentially do the same thing. Uh, it just depends on what I'm doing that day. Um, but as a bedside nurse in the pediatric ICU, we help take care of children um, that are the sickest of the sick. Our nurses here run ECMO. Our nurses run Prisma, which is like a slow, continuous form of dialysis because the little babies and the little kids cannot handle, um, you know, just general dialysis. Um, but also we help maintain all of the medications, all of the drips, um, help making sure that their airway is open uh, and do everything just to take care of them um, and keep them going. And Mary Grace, you also run all of the codes in the hospital. So full codes and traumas coming into the emergency department. Can you, what does that mean exactly when, when, it, when you have a situation like that? What are you doing and then what happens? Okay, so when I am in the charge nurse role, um, the PICU does not have, their charge nurse is free. So when I am in charge, I do not have a patient because I have to help take care of all of the patients in the ICU, everything going on with them. And then like what you just said, any adult code, so if a visitor were to drop for any reason, um, or any pediatric code in the hospital, so any inpatient, any patient that is in clinic, any child whose heart has stopped that EMS is bringing in, or any trauma major. So that means any child whose life could be at stake or could be immediately or um, immediately, you know, maybe not surviving, they're listed as a major coming in. And so I have to stop whatever I'm doing and run to those things. And if I am the first person there, I do run the ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation, and do what I need to do to ensure that they stay alive. Um, and once physicians get there, my role kind of changes, and I do medications and other things like that. A, a pediatric ICU nurse, Mary Grace, is with us on KMOX. All of that is, as I started right off the top, talking about the intensity of the work. I, I'm, I, it has to be one of those things where you're just not really thinking. You're just doing because of all the training you've had, right? Yes. So, you know, everybody kind of says it's like riding a bike. It is because they give us so much training that this knowledge is it just is part of who you are in this role. Um, I could tell you, you know, there's different algorithms for different things, you know, different heart rhythms, different, you know, if they just aren't breathing, but their heart is beating or their heart is stopped. You know, there's different things that you know how to do that you are trained over and over and over. That, that knowledge just becomes part of who you are. Let's talk about the families that are there in the pediatric ICU. Um, I've had friends who have been in the NICU or the PICU for weeks, sometimes even longer. I don't think there is anything that is more life-changing and more consuming than having a child who is very ill, who is in the hospital. What is your interaction with those families and what are those exp families experiencing at Cardinal Glennon? You know, Everybody says that they become part of the PICU family because they are. We, you know, we see them more than and usually more than the rest of their family, their friends see them. And we're in a room, you know, 12 hours a day over and over with the families. You know, the bond that we form with the patients and their families is so incredibly special. 
it's so humbling and it's such an honor to be there for them during these most challenging mo- moments. You know, we get to see these brave little fighters. We have these, all these little warriors here, no matter what their age is, and we get to witness their strength and their resilience. And we also get to see their families. You know, we offer them hope. We offer them support. You know, we try to be there to explain, you know, we have to tell you all of these things are possibilities. But you have to always have hope. And we're going to be there and we're going to support you and we're going to support your child and we're going to get you through this. You know, one of my friends who spent a long time uh, when her daughter was very, very young, spent a long time in uh, the hospital, she said one of the things she was most grateful for uh, was the nurse who worked with them specifically, but also encouraged her to get sleep and that she needed sleep to take care of herself. How many times are you not only helping out, taking care of the child, but also counseling, talking the parents through a situation, saying it's okay for you to sleep too so that you can be strong for your child? I mean, every day. One of the things that I tell the families are if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of your child. You know, and if you get sick, then you really, you can't be around your child if they're that sick too, you know, without having to wear a mask. So we encourage them to sleep. We make sure that they're eating. We go and get them drinks. But we talk to them about how important it is for them to take care of themselves. You know, we're here taking care of your child. Please let us help take care of yourself as well. You know, you need to go outside and get fresh air. You know, all these things, because we have to help take care of their mental health along with their physical health, because it is so stressful, and I couldn't even imagine being in their shoes. Yeah, it, it's stressful when you have a, a parent or somebody who is, you know, about your age in the hospital. I can't imagine what it's like to have a child in the hospital and who has to go back all the time. Do you, do you feel like, I, I mean, nursing is difficult as it is, is there a, a difference in the type of mentality you think you have to have working with kids as opposed to adults? You know, everybody says that they know what they want to do from the get-go. I always knew I wanted to be a pediatric nurse, and I figured out I wanted to be a pediatric ICU nurse when I was in nursing school. Just because it's such a rewarding and fulfilling experience. Yes, we do see a lot of sad. We do see a lot of things that people would never normally see. But watching all these little guys overcome all these obstacles and seeing, you know, being a part of and a role in their recovery and being that encouraging factor is just one of the most special things. And it makes all of those hard moments and long hours worth it. Um, Some people say that they just couldn't do it with kids. Um, But for me, kids are the most resilient and strongest fighters. Because they don't know, you know, especially the little ones, they don't know that they should hurt. They don't know that they should just be laying there. What they're going to do is they're going to keep fighting, and they just want to be a kid. They want to fight. They want to play. They want to do what they normally do. Uh, Mary Grace, you you have a, um, every year you host the Donor Wall Memorial. Tell us more about that. Um, so we, I host the Donor Wall Memorial so for all of our families that have done organ or tissue donation. Um, after their child has died, I host a memorial every year to help memorialize their children, and we bring them here. We have a ceremony in the chapel, and then we have a little get-together in the back of our cafeteria where we all gather and we talk about their children. Um, the families have a right. They could say something that they would like to about their children that have died. Um, I also usually have somebody come in that has been an organ recipient to talk about the impact that, you know, them getting a heart or a kidney or a liver, um, what it made for that child and their family. Um, And it's very special to me because 
I don't want these families ever think that their child will be forgotten because they're not. And every day, those children make a difference in somebody's life. And I just want to know, you know, I just want these families to know how special that is. Mary Grace, pediatric ICU nurse at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon, thank you for your time today. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely day. There is a a very particular kind of person that is able to do the work nurses do on various different levels, whether it's it's pediatrics or oncology or whatever it is. And I, I got to tell you, I I don't have that. Whatever that is, whatever that is you're supposed to be, I don't think I have that. I'm pretty sure I don't. And I I am amazed at, at men and women who are able to do it. It's absolutely remarkable. And we want you to go to treeofhope.org where you can make a donation because the Tree of Hope campaign is happening right now to benefit SSM Health Cardinal Glennon, that was Mary Grace, a pediatric ICU nurse with us. And, of course, they can use the help of treeofhope.org. John Hancock and Chris Ranji here hanging out on a Tuesday afternoon on KMOX. Hey, John Hancock. Here we are. Having a great day, aren't we? We are having a great day. Chris Ranji, John Hancock today. Um, Do you know who Tom York is? Tom York. I was... uh... He was the grand old Duke. All right, let me, I'll, get, I'll get back to you in a second. All right. But uh, congratulations to Clayton from Trenton, Illinois. He won the packet. Won the Cubs pack. Whoa, well done. The Cardinals holiday pack. Um, in this particular pack, there are multiple different packs you can choose from with different dates, different um, kinds of games that are available. There is a Cubs pack, which gives you five Cubs games. And this is a great holiday gift idea from Cardinals.com if you want to go um, next year to see them play. And so Clayton from Trenton, Illinois, won today. We had Dan from Afton win yesterday. Oh, Dan from Afton. There are going to be winners tomorrow, mm. Thursday, wow, and Friday. Friday. That's just phenomenal. It's going to be remarkable. So who's Tom York? I don't know. How, what is with you people? What? So yesterday in the office... yeah. And I get it. There are things that I don't know. There are people that I that's, don't that, know. That's hard to believe. Right? Ron, yeah. There are famous people yeah. that I am not familiar with. Yeah. I then, don't understand. how famous could they actually be? I, I don't. I, Tom York. Yeah. Is the lead singer. Of? Radiohead. Huh. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you don't know what Radiohead is? I've heard the, I've heard the, the phrase. Radiohead. That's uh that's that uh the Max Headroom guy. What? Wasn't he on the radio? Max no, he was on television, I think. <laughs> but Tom Tom York was in that. What? That's in, that's amazing. That's not a, How do you know this stuff, Ron? Max You're, Headroom? Yeah. The guy in the TV, the Yeah. No. That's Radiohead. What in the hell are you oh, talking I'm, I've about? I've got my heads confused, apparently. So so Radiohead is the, uh, and that's not the wagon, that's the radio flyer. So the uh, the Radiohead is a band, I'm guessing. That is, it is a band. Yeah, because then Tom York is the lead singer for Radiohead. That's correct. And has been for years. Because they've the been around since the... 90s. Yeah. This is... How old were you in the 90s? I was old in the 90s. No. How old am I now? Hold on a second. Wait a second. How was you know, to do the math here? Well, it depends on what part of the 90s to tell you. Are how you old. 58? 
I might be 59. You might be 59. Yeah, I think I'm 59. All right. Yep, I am 59. Okay. I had to so, think there for a minute. Uh, what, I can't do math. Twenty. How many years ago was 1990? 93 would have been 30 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd have been... Uh, so you would have been about... All right. 33 years old. You would have been in your late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. You should absolutely know who Radiohead is. Well, that's not the kind of stuff I listen. What kind of music do they do? It's like, uh, I guess it's rock. It's kind of alternative. I don't really know how you classify it. that alternative it. stuff. But it's, I it's never... one of the, it's arguably uh-huh. the greatest band, rock band. Of all time. In the last 30 years. Really? They're, they're so innovative. There's been, nobody sounds like them. Right? Huh. No one sounded like them before. There are people who've tried. Not the same. I mentioned Tom York in the office yesterday. Yeah. Tyler didn't know who he was. Well, Tyler's in Tyler. his 20s, yeah. which, okay, fine, I get it. Was it Ethan Hannaford was also in there? He didn't know who well, he was. Well, he's in his 20s. Dave. Dave. Dave, who's 70. Right. Did, didn't didn't know Dave who didn't he was. Dave didn't know who he was. Well, there you and go. Dave's a music guy. Yeah, I'm a music guy. But he likes crap like Guns N' Roses and Poison. Ooh. Yeah, but I, I, once, you knew, once you told me the band, I go, oh, okay. You know, I, I, know, I know Radiohead. What's yeah, their big just, hit? You and know, they, and, they had and that Nate Gatter, who's even younger Nate than Gatter, all of us. Nate Gatter, that's right. Who's, he's younger than all of us, and he didn't know who it was either. Yeah, I know. Well, I, they I, had that they're, big they're, they're, hit of theirs, uh, Radiohead. What was the name of it again? They had a lot of them. Yeah. The, no, the first Tell one. Tell me, John. I know what it is. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. Well, there, there was, Creep was the first one. Creep. Oh, who, who could Karma forget Karma Police. Creep? That's a big one. Karma, 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 Par- Karma Policeman. I didn't know that was Radiohead. Do you know how difficult it is? <laughs> Do you have any idea? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to ask George Ann. Can, can I talk to George Ann? And we can much, have a conversation. But I'm doing the best that I can about how here. difficult you can be. I know this, John. This is this is one of the the big, huge, incredible uh, artists, uh, uh, musical artists. Dave Shaw, the guy is. What's his name? What? <laughs> what you say his name was? See now, I feel Tom like... Shaw. <laughs> What was uh, Jay York? Is what it was. No, it was Tom York. Now I feel like all you're doing. I should. I should write this stuff down. I feel like all you're doing is just trying to hurt my feelings. No, 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 no. I would never. Could you find a Could you find a a Radiohead song? Yeah, because I'm sure I've heard it. This is. I I know you. I don't understand. I'm sure I've heard it. Uh, You just put that on there. So uh, there are a lot of things that I don't like. Yeah. You know, artists, whatever. But I know who they are. Of course. You know, because they're they're kind of they're out there. Yeah. They're. just when I said I listen talk- to a lot of talk radio, Raj. Well, so do I. Yeah, but you know, did you listen when you were in your twenties? Were you listening to KMOX? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. We it, we used to have the radio on at the kitchen table every morning at breakfast, and I would go and Jack Carney would be on and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I'm a talk radio guy. That's and I love talk radio too. Yeah. I'm in it. I think it's great. And when I listen to music in the car, it's usually music that I have selected. So stuff that I like. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Have you got some Radio Gaga over there that you can play for? Now, that's that's okay. That is, do you know who that is? That's Lady Gaga. No. Radio Gaga. Come on. Now Radio you're messing Radio Goo Goo. I know the song. Who is it? I. That's Radiohead. Oh my God! Stop it's not, it. No, you're, 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 do you really not know who it is? Uh, yeah, I'll know it when you tell me. Who is it? It's uh, Depeche Mode. 
It's what? Uh, it's uh, Duran Duran. No, oh, come on. <laughs> well, Radio Gaga. Yeah. You're getting closer, John. No, really, he's not. He's not anywhere near where he needs to be. Santana. Santana? <laughs> now you went too far back. <laughs> now, that was a good musician, Carlos Santana. That guy could play some guitar. I can't man. believe you even know who that is. Carlos Santana? Yeah. How could you not know who Carlos no, Santana is? No, I can't is? believe you know who Oy it is. Como Bop, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Have we found the radio player yet? Oh, Dave's over there working on yeah, it. Dave. We may get to it before Oh, here it comes ends. now. I just hope there's no swear words oh, in this. Oh, uh, not in this one. Okay. This one he wouldn't have heard. No surprises? This call is no, no surprise. He wouldn't have heard no surprises. Like well, he Christmas doesn't know any of them. Like the little sled. But I was Landing you know, on the roof of the house here at 1230 a.m. Well, Santa no, it's not. This song is really great. It's a slower song, so I don't think it's going to do it for you. Well, I couldn't play Creep because there's swear words in that one. Well, do you have the, you don't have the. I don't have the radio in it now. Creep was the the very first real big hit they had. Good for them. That one right there is kind of on the the fringes, but I can see where you like that, though. Boy, wow, that was compelling stuff. See, and that was a really bad (laughs) selling point. You don't start with no surprises. Listen to Yoko Ono over here. Oh, for All right, that's it. I'm so tired of you, and I thought that I could never be tired of you, and now I'm upset. That's, I finally achieved it, huh? Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to go study radio. Uh, I'm going to find you some. You don't really like rock music. so I Oh, that's Radiohead. That was Radiohead. This is? No. No, oh. come on, dude. No, this, this is, is Dire Straits. This is the, yes. By the way, Radio Gaga was queen. Oh, okay. They did that Bohemian. Uh, yes. Yes. Bohemian what? Uh, Rhapsody. In wow. Blue. Yeah. You knew the first part and the last part <laughs> yeah, of the title. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John Hancock. Sorry, good, good to hang out with you, man. Yeah, I'll see you, Ron. Have a good vacation. Dave Glover is next. Get the Odyssey app, friends. Listen to the show and the podcast. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.